The next train to Tangent City departs in one minute. This is an unlimited service that may stop at reviews, spoilers, and swearing. Passengers traveling with young or conservative travel companions are reminded to read the show description before embarking on any journey to Tangent City. We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Okay. I can't remember a time when there was such a media frenzy or hype around the release of a film or films uh, in this instance, mm. but I, I just can't recall the last time it was like everybody flocked to the cinemas and see this film. Maybe the like Star Wars when that got kind of like revamped. The revamped like yeah. Episode one. Maybe. Nah. Was there this oh, much there, hype? There was a lot of hype. There, was, there wasn't? There, there was, well, there yeah. Was. Heaps, yeah. Uh, there was heaps around. Yeah. Remember Sony's first Spider-Man? Mm. There was heaps ah, around, around that. that. Yeah. I remember the – it wasn't as – it wasn't as big as this, mm. but I do remember the preview being pretty epic. Mm-hmm. Mm. But no, I think it's uh, – like people were just were excited in the build-up to it and talking about it, like – you know, and the fact that there's two movies hitting in the, in the same week, both completely just different films, but then both films dealing with existential dread. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. They do really quiet. Sorry, I'm going to have to do some whiz bangery. Yeah, keep talking. They do kind of tie in uh, with the existential uh, nihilistic <laughs> kind of moral avulsion, whatever you want to call it, ethics, moral stuff gender politics i don't know you can you can dissect these films and i guess if nobody knows what we're talking about yet we are of course talking about barbenheimer barbie and then obviously oppenheimer both films released same week huge hype uh and we are going to talk all about them uh in this episode of tangent city uh so it's been a hot minute since we've done a Tangent City, but we thought that Barbenheimer definitely deserved some, you know, discussion. It did, it did. And, of course, we are with the wonderful Cecilia. We have Lewis and myself, Catherine. Lewis, are you on the mics now? Yes, I'm on the mics. I'm hopefully uh, coming through. Is yep. that right? You are now. <laughs> yes, you, you're a bit lost in space uh, there oh. for a while. I had to go do some whiz-bangery. Whiz-bangery. We got you. We we have you. Yeah. You're on the mics. We're all on the mics. <laughs> uh, awesome. Barbenheimer. And, uh, yeah, it's been a bit uh, divisive, particularly Barbie, I think, with gender politics coming into play <laughs> and lots of different opinions about the film. Uh, Which, don't, don't you think it's weird that like Barbies are such a simple, a simple thing. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a doll that kids play with, and they generally grow out of them, and then they yeah. like who cares, right? In yeah. a, in a nutshell, who cares? It's a doll. And then you've got like <laughs> so, and then you've got Oppenheimer, where it's something. It was such a big moment in human history. Mm-hmm. And and so I think that this is the thing is that I don't I think these films somehow fed off each other and that's how it all became mm. so big because I think that Barbie would have had potential to just 
be an indie kind of movie and not a lot more, but it's this blockbuster. Well, the weird, the weird thing is, is like you think a Barbie movie and yet you're kind of thinking this is going to be a film geared towards like kids, mm-hmm. geared towards little girls and... Um, but no, this is, you know, it, it, in fact, if you do take a little girl to go and see this film, they're going to be very, very confused and need a lot of it explained to them. Yeah. Well, um, oh, we don't have the spoiler bell. Do you want to just ring-a-ding-ding? Ding-ding-ding. Ring-a-ding-ding. <laughs> particularly the last joke in the, in the movie, which um, if you have not seen Barbie, just like switch off, go see it. Because this is and all then, And then press play again. Because it's all the only spoiler of Barbie and Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. If you haven't seen the movie, although movies. it's like hard to spoil a movie like Oppenheimer, where we kind of know what happens. It's fact, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's 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 biographical, <laughs> and so. But going back to Barbie, there's a there's an end scene where the she goes to the gynecologist because she becomes a real girl. Thank you for mansplaining. <laughs> <I don't laughs> well, no, no, because. I, yeah, the, your, no, your, no, no, but if you'd let me finish, yeah. one of my friends had gone to see it and then went to go see it again with her daughter and a whole lot of other mums and daughters. And none of the girls, I think they're probably about 14, none of the girls understood the gynecologist reference. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand what a gynecologist, well, didn't know what a gynecologist was. They didn't understand what one was. They hadn't been exposed to that word before. And so... The, the mother had to explain that to the kids. And not that that's a bad thing. It's just that it really is not designed for anyone that doesn't have a fairly sound, <laughs> like, a, like a sound understanding of like gender politics of um like i mean that that was a throwaway joke at the end so like you know not understanding what a gynecologist is like it's just probably more indicative of the age that it's aimed at Mm. but yeah it's an interesting one that's for sure because i know that this colleague was just like really when i said oh i don't know whether i'd take my kids to go see it and i said well because she and her daughter have quite a open like uh, communication mm-hmm. about sex and that kind of stuff. So like, and so they don't have any like of those sort of like ooh kind of barriers that you know you would have in the eighteen forties or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and and some parents don't like talking about things like you know sex and yeah, periods and stuff enough. like that still. But mm. um, so they have quite a good relationship when it comes to that kind of stuff. So for her daughter to see it, I can imagine that. Like, it'd be okay. Yeah. And that she'd probably have a bit of exposure to things like gender politics and, and that kind of thing. But, oh, my goodness, he's doing it. He's doing <laughs> it. He's... I just have to... So, tangent number one is that Cecilia and I have rebooted Wozcast. And so, we rebooted it with a delicious Chardonnay. Oh, yes. And we um, invited Lewis to partake in said Chardonnay, but not the podcast because, you know, eh, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Cooties. But I didn't realise that he had a a bottle of beer upstairs. So, when he brought the bottle of beer downstairs, I'm like, well, you can't drink out of the bottle and do Tangent City. He's like, oh, that's okay. I'll finish my Chardonnay and then I'll just pour the beer into my glass. 
And he just did it. And he did. And what do they say? Don't mix drinks. <laughs> Don't. It just doesn't work. Listen to but, Arnie C. Say she knows stuff, right? Oh, learned some things. <laughs> I'm sure we've all learned that, though, haven't we? <laughs> I'm sure we've all learned that. We have. Uh, hard way. Definitely the hard way. Um, um, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I, it's not a kid's movie. Not a kid's film. I, but, think, um, I think it's more made for, like, people in their 20s 30s and 40s i think women with nostalgia for having barbies as a kid yeah yeah i think that that probably is the the demographic that they're going for i think it's probably the demographic of the people that created it like was greta gerwig i've not seen any of the press around the movie because i guess it got truncated slightly by industrial action but was it something that uh, like Greta Gerwig was into Barbies as a child. Do we know? Have yeah, we seen I any of the press? I, I believe she did have Barbies as a as a mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she has that uh, you know background in in uh, being a child with Barbies. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think though the uh, you know the, the the crux of the story was a bit uh, a bit different than that. I mean, that was the um, there, there was a lot of uh, like deep cut stuff. Uh, if you're a real fan of Barbie, mm-hmm. then there was a lot of in jokes and stuff like that. There. There. So it was kind of like weird for me. Like it was like a Marvel film for most people mm-hmm. was Barbie for me because mm-hmm. I don't know th- that much about Barbie. Mm-hmm. And I just went in there and I was like, going, oh yeah, this is a good movie and it's really enjoyable. And then at the end, they actually explained some of the in jokes uh, in the, the end credits. And I was like, that, that's good. That's very nice. That's <laughs> helpful tips. See, if only Marvel films did this. Maybe the Marvel films were some of the ones that had like the big hype. Probably, yeah. Oh, but Endgame. Hype. Let's. Yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah. That was definitely yeah, hype. Yeah. Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the actual story in in Barbie is kind of a, an interesting one. Where we were talking about the existential dread and nihilism mm-hmm. <laughs> earlier on. Mm. Um, just the, the the idea that you know the Barbie world is a a perfect world, um, but it's a it's a perfect world where the the women are you know basically in charge, and the men are just there to be. Yeah, eye candy. Stupid, stupid eye candy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it was really swung to be that it was Barbie's world. Yeah. And that it was – everything was revolved around her, but it also had that skew of it that it was like alternative world to the world that we live in, which – admittedly has become a lot better but still has a ways to go Mm. from in terms of how like just gender equality Mm. in general and you know gender roles gender norms all those kind of things and so it was kind of cool to see that reversal and just really see things pointed out like that but you're right. It was like that whole thing of just Ken just being there just as eye candy. (laughs) I thought that that was particularly um fun and it was interesting as well that they like they went with multiple barbies and multiple kens yeah what? but that was how it how it is mm. there it was um yeah because i mean generally speaking if you had a, a like a movie that was based on a toy line mm-hmm. like if it was a you know he-man and the masters of the universe you just have the one character you have one prince adam one he-man one mm. skeletor yeah um but there only was one Prince Adam, yeah. one He-Man, one Skeletor. 
Whereas with Barbie, there were multiple Barbies mm, mm. and there were multiple Kens. Yes, but there's only one Alan. <laughs> yeah, only one Alan, only one Midge. Yeah. Uh, so that was important. I thought it was really cool that Alan featured so heavily because one of our friends actually bought a vintage Alan. He, uh, that I don't know where she found him. Um, I, I don't know whether she found him online. Yeah, eBay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, she bought him before the movie and she was just like, I must have that Alan. And she took her Alan doll to the, like literally, I think it's within the last year, mm. maybe six months that she bought said doll. That's incredible. And I do remember Alan as a kid. Really? Yeah. I do. I have But he was no always like, ew, who wants to play with Alan? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like the toss away. I feel terrible, I but like when you when I played as a kid, mm. you'd have your like perfect Barbie doll and then the Ken and then it was like, no, no one wants Alan. Like put Alan. And I felt bad, but you know, <laughs> that's how it was. I don't think I had a Barbie. Ooh, you didn't. No, I don't think. I know my sister did. Yeah. And I know my sister did because – her Barbie um, suffered a horrible end. <laughs> oh, um, she chewed the like she chewed on the feet. Wow! And then she dis- and this is the bit that she leaves out. And then she discovered that you could see the mechanism inside. And so then she cut away the legs completely <laughs> because you know how the legs were kind of poseable, like you could yeah. bend them. They sort of had that clicking motion. So she, but she chewed the. I think she liked the 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 feeling of chewing the that kind of plastic because it was kind of like a rubber rubbery almost like a i don't know how you describe the plastic but it was like it was a rubbery kind of plastic wasn't it see in in the barbie we didn't get to see the barbie that had been chewed on (laughs) (laughs) we did get to see the 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 barbie who had been played with too much yeah what were those barbies called oh i'm not sure but they had like hair cut yeah they had their like makeup was done in you know almost clown form. Was it weird Barbie? Weird, weird Barbie. Barbie. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and I think we all had a weird Barbie where we cut out its hair and you know. Well, I think wow. that that Barbie also met her hair fate as well. Yeah, yeah. So that Sorry. was. But Kate McKinnon was perfect to play that a, a weird Barbie. She was great. She was perfect. Mm. Um, and I will note at this point that your co-host from <laughs> Unscripted, Rachel, she has the perfect Kate McKinnon. <laughs> <laughs> the fact she still got it is what blows my mind. <laughs> but it just looks so much like her, and this weird Barbie with its haircut and stuff like that. It's just like. This is the weird Barbie that it was based on. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so lovely. Um, but she was. She was perfect in so many ways playing that role. Yeah. Because she kind of is like the, the elder states person of, of like of these comedy kind of things. And so she's got like that presence yep. and like like being the weird aunt kind of role that kind of works mm. for her. So I really enjoyed seeing her being weird Barbie. <laughs> she was really fun. And of course, uh, you know, interacts with Barbie because uh, Barbie comes to mm. this kind of, she's living out a perfect life in, in Barbie land. You know, every day is the same. They get up, uh, they do the same thing. They party, they have girls nights. They have you Every know, night is um, girls night. <laughs> every night is girls night. They have, you know, these choreographed dances. It's just the perfect world to live in. But, you know, unfortunately, Barbie does uh, kind of have a moment in time where she goes oh what what if I die and this kind of forces her to go and seek the guidance or help from weird Barbie who (laughs) you know guides her towards well I think you've got to go to the real world because obviously whoever's playing with you 
is having is, some issues. Is having some issues <laughs> and they're now kind of feeding into you and your thought process. Mm. So uh, that's kind of the, the, the crux of it. And that's where we, we kind of get Barbie who you know, finds her way into the real world. Uh, Ken is in tow and the world or the real world is completely different to Barbie world and Barbie land. It's not quite the same. Women don't quite run it the same. No, who uh, run the world? Girl, boys. Well, boys in this case. So, yeah, I think uh, that is kind of the crux of the story for Barbie, who has to deal with this kind of existential dread, and it's kind of it's kind of interesting though that the the way that you've got the Barbie world and their avatars for dolls that actually exist in the real world mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. are being played with by people, mm-hmm. uh, not as children, but there's some adults playing with them as yeah. well, um, and the emotions of those adults feed back into the dolls, which is kind of weird because all those dolls are, are happy and everything's going well and everything like that. I want to know about the dolls that like stop getting played with. Where, where, where yeah. is the where is that like dark side of, of Barbie Land where the the dolls who you know stop being played with are, are hanging out? Well, it's, it's probably a, a sequel. Like yeah. I mean, I <laughs> think there's <laughs> Night of the yeah. <laughs> Living Barbies. Barbies. Yeah, but the um yeah, it's because it's like you know you got the toy story way of doing it with toys where the toys live in our world and they come to life when we're not in the room yeah but this is like you know the the toys of a life of their own Mm. and they're just going about it going this is awesome and uh you know it's only because someone was playing with the barbie and her emotions were kind of like getting into the doll in Barbie land and that was having a negative effect on Barbie and Barbie land as well. But like you had like, you know, you had original Barbie, you had this Barbie, that Barbie, all that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So uh, I don't know all the Barbies because I'm just really not familiar with that world. Because Margaret Robbie was playing like stereotypical Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you like, was she just representative of all, all of the stereotypical Barbies out there, like because there weren't multiples of her. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, like, I don't. Oh, think no, it we was found like flaws a, in the film. I don't think. It was I, a, know, I don't think it was a one for one avatar kind yeah. of situation. Yeah, yeah. I think that they were just representative of that particular Barbie. Yeah, and obviously, whatever was going on um, with the people that were playing with her. Um, that was feeding into her, but I think that that was just like a complete flaw in terms of like, you know, it wasn't how things normally would have been Mm. in that world, not a flaw in the movie. (laughs) I thought it was fine. But it was, yeah, it was interesting that they, um, yeah, they went to the real world, Barbie and Ken. Yeah. Barbie was supposed to go by herself, but then, you know, Ken tagged along because all Ken lived for is to be Barbie's boyfriend and uh, his day isn't good unless Barbie looks at him. Oh, so sad. And then he gets to the <laughs> he gets to the real world, and he finds out that uh, he, yeah, he discovers misogyny. He discovers misogyny. Well, he discovers the patriarchy. Yeah, yes. And um, he, he he thinks the patriarchy is all about uh, men doing stuff and horses, and <laughs> and so he he takes. Do you think that horses was a swap out for guns? That there might have been a right. Oh, potentially. Because I thought horses was. An interesting choice. It was kind of like a toy choice, mm. but I do wonder whether there might have been a version that had guns, potentially, and that they they changed it for whatever reason. 
just a thought yeah, no no I think it's an interesting thought I hadn't thought about it that way but yeah you could be right because you know like men used horses in the old days to get around and you know yeah. that kind of thing no, I, guns, I think it works yeah. no I think it works in the in this this mm. case but I think there probably was a version yeah, out there I reckon where, where I'd love was. to talk to her about that yeah. yeah but then Ken goes back to to Barbie world uh, and uh, becomes a complete dude bro mm-hmm. and turns all the other Kens into complete dude bros and all the Barbies now became subservient kind of women? Yeah, like they kind of changed their thinking so that they wanted to be in that role of being subservient and keeping the Kens happy, which it kind of... It annoyed me that it was like until they discovered that they had power, they didn't have power, the the Kens. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they wanted it, it was there for the taking. Yeah. And mm. that kind of didn't sit very well with me. I mean, in a fun movie like this, like it didn't really matter in the moment. It was like that bit afterwards where you're kind of thinking about it. Yeah, it's and a, now I've made you think I'm so sorry. No, Cecilia. no, no. Do you know what? This has been such an interesting kind of turbulent film for me because initially, when I my initial thoughts about the film was that I was going to be completely underwhelmed because it was completely overhyped. Mm-hmm. But when I went in, I actually quite enjoyed the experience, mm. and my initial thoughts were that I felt like Greta Gerwig had presented her observations of the world to the viewers. Uh, in contrast to Barbie Land, for mm. us to kind of make up our own minds about what the film was. And she wasn't necessarily pushing an agenda. There was, you know, an element of fen- um, feminism and, you know, gender poli- politics. But I felt like she just presented everything for us to then kind of dissect and make our own minds up about. But then. I think that's fair. But I've also presented that argument and been told. Um, bluntly by, uh, and I don't know if I should mention if it was a female or male, but that no a person, she, a person had said to me, no, she does push an agenda, a very feminist agenda. And that particular person said, I don't like the way that Barbie apologized to Ken at the end. And I thought, I don't think she necessarily apologizes to Ken at the end. I think she just tells him he's enough um, because it's the whole Ken enough. Um, mm. scenario so I don't know I think for me I thought I was right in my thinking of uh, that she presents the observation and I just make up my own mind but do we think it's pushing an agenda what do, what do you guys think well, I think the thing with thinking is that there is no right or wrong right there there, there is no like if you have thoughts about a movie they're your thoughts yeah and so, you know, like just like chicken twisties. I went into that bag of chicken twisties mm. thinking that I was going to hate them. I actually quite like chicken twisties. Mm. I, don't, I don't think that they're necessarily a bad thing. I prefer mm. cheese twisties. But thousands of people would tell me that I'm quite wrong on, on that. And it's not actually about being right or wrong. It's what my experience is. True. And if that's your experience and you didn't feel like there was a feminist agenda – then I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think that everything was done very um, very upfront in a way that, like, obviously is quite comedic. Yeah, it wasn't subtle. It was, it it was yeah, it wasn't yeah. subtle and it was done fairly lightly. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was any, any heaviness 
to what was being presented and I don't think that there was, like you say, any subtlety. So it wasn't like there was any hidden feminist mm. agenda. Because yeah. I mean, I felt like it was all there and put on the table. Yeah. It was just for us to kind of, you know, draw our own meaning and, and come away from the film with something different. But for so long, like, traditionally, I think Barbie was frowned upon for having this, um, you know, unexpected body or um, unrealistic body mm. type for so long oh you know how how dare young girls look up to barbie mm-hmm. and you know she's not representative of a real woman but then you do look at the different types of barbies and you do have you know dr barbie and vet mm-hmm. barbie and dentist barbie and but largely they were a similar body type true so true. so there is an argument there mm-hmm. to say that doesn't really get brought up mm. Uh, I think the most notable character was probably Becky, who was in a wheelchair. Yeah, and I think that was probably the like the hugest variant in Barbie. Who was obviously pregnant, Barbie. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting. Like I, I I don't know. I think there's an there there is an aspect of feminism, but I don't think I think the observation of the real world is that you know it is we you know I think that wasn't inaccurate at all i thought that that was fairly evident and and correct but yeah i kind of got shut down by this particular person who was like no it's definitely pushing a feminist agenda what's uh what's what's wrong with that though what's pushing a feminist feminist agenda well that's the thing i thought about it i was like well there's actually nothing wrong with that at all no maybe it's a good thing um but yeah no it was in it was but if you didn't that wasn't your experience of the film that was just your experience of the film like why is it important whether you felt or didn't feel that it true that's my point it's like Uh it's 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 fine that that person felt like it was pushing a feminist agenda but i've got probably fifty dollars riding on the fact that this was a white man (laughs) 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 and and they probably had and because let's face it a lot of the negatives that have come out of this movie have been from upset men yeah and the the thing that you know your opinion of the movie that it was like it was a bit tongue-in-cheek it was fun it really does point out our experience of the world Mm. because i think that that's quite valid calling it an experience that women have of the world and that the world is run by stupid boardrooms that are filled with men for the most part Mm. not always but for the most part and that you know the roots of the world are pushed into the back corner and you know they're there and they still might be giving guidance mm. but they're not put into the forefront of decision making and so like there's a lot of stuff in there so yeah men are going to be worried that it might cause a shake up but isn't it silly that i walked away from this film uh, film with my own thoughts and opinions yeah. of it and now all of a sudden there is a man telling me that my opinion is not right <laughs> and I'm questioning that now. So right. I think, you know, isn't that just exactly what the film is telling us not to do? Exactly. So what an interesting film. I think it's, you know, caused some – I think the positive thing is it has sparked those conversations and yes. I hope that women are able to stick up. And not just women. I know there's plenty of men who love this film too. Like, Lewis, you gave Definitely. it – I'm pretty sure you scored this a five from memory. Yeah. So I think you enjoyed it more than I did. So – you know, I think we just have to kind of view it for what it is and, you know, whatever you take away from it is is valid enough. But just I think people just have to be careful with how they 
frame their thoughts and and how they speak out about it because there's a right way and a wrong way of giving an opinion I think I think that the wrong way of giving an opinion is where you are saying that someone opinion is someone else's opinion is wrong correct yeah I think unless you're talking about uh oh, what could you be talking about where you could go oh no you're wrong I like it's a fact. Nazis <laughs> <laughs> Nazis I think that there's there's a definite right or wrong there um murder I yes. think there's a definite right or wrong there. I think it's very hard to find. What some if brain. you're murdering Nazis? Well, <laughs> well, that is interesting, isn't it? <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be such a great band name. Oh, <laughs> murdering Nazis. Nazis. Yeah. Or a podcast, a, a great name for a podcast, murdering talking about Nazis. like conundrums. Oh my god! I, I think there's like. I I think there's a lot of room for grey in this world. Yeah. But I think that. It's one disrespectful, and like it. I think arguing is fine. Mm-hmm. Arguing is fine, and pointing out why you don't agree with someone is fine. But saying that someone is outright wrong because of something that they experienced, especially when it's art, yeah. And this is what this is. Like, what the. F- Wreck, people. Mm. It's Tangent City, babe. I know. Oh, what the fuck, people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, it's, it, it really disappoints me that someone might... Like, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to change people's minds either. I no. mean, we're, we're coming up to the the voice referendum. Yeah. And um, I'll be stuffed if I'm not going to be out there talking to people about why it's important to have a voice. A voice to parliament and why, you know, it's important that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders might have the opportunity to actually have some say in laws that are made about them mm. because all they're doing is giving guidance to the minister. They're not – there's no lawmaking. They don't have the lawmaking capability. It's just a voice. It's like a committee yeah. that get to actually give some guidance. But, like, you, it, it, it's – Just like, I don't think there's anything wrong with like, you know, explaining why you think something's good or why you think something's bad. It's where you bag someone out for having that opinion. Yeah. Don't bag people out. Yeah. People are allowed to have opinions. Well, it's like the the dude who. Pauline Hansen's even allowed to have an opinion. I'll tell her why it's wrong. Recognizing, (laughs) you're okay, I I can see your opinion and, you know, your opinion is valid, but this is Mm -hmm. how I feel. Mm -hmm. So I think, yes, but I think people are probably having these discussions all all over the world about this film. But it's good and I I really hope that there's more of these movies so that the sensitive men get desensitized Mm. the idea that equality is something that is needed like 50 percent of the world are female hello yeah well actually i think it's actually 40 no is, is it 40 49.1 percent are male and there's actually just over like there's a slightly so. higher mm. skew to females i think it's very minimal but but that's the thing is like you know you hear about people like you know, ben shapiro who did this massive rant about it and mm. burnt Barbies and just like, dude, seriously, you're just showing that you're a dick at the end of the day. Well, uh, it's reacting to something as opposed to responding to a situation. Yeah, it, it's just like, why? Why does every film have to be like you know, uh, like white male lead? And you know, why can't we have diversity? Why can't there be a different opinion? 
Like it's just it just shows it doesn't show like you know those people put forward these points of view. It just shows them in a really negative light, mm. and just hopefully like you know people go well you're just a bit of a dick and leave it at that, and then they don't get like people rallying behind them because um, yeah it's just it's just ludicrous. It's a fucking movie at the end of the day. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go, people. But it was an entertaining fucking movie. Yeah, I was actually like because I mean obviously. Cecilia and I have put our thoughts through, but like, what was your what was your take on the movie initially? Um, well, I always knew it was going to be a whenever there's a movie based on a, a comic book or a uh, action figure or a doll. It's always the doll. They start off in the land that they come from and mm-hmm. then they go to Earth and then it's the fish out of water. How does the doll interact in the real world kind mm-hmm. of thing? But the the thing that made Barbie kind of different is the fact that they Barbie can go from Barbie land to the real world. In the real world, you know, Ken, uh, he, get, he understands that, oh, I can be more than just eye candy and I can be more than just... Mm. And Ken, literally, his name is And Ken. Like when he gets yeah. a mugshot taken, it says And Ken <laughs> is his name. Um, so he he is a, a, a psychic. Yeah, he's a psychic, mm-hmm. and he's a, he's a character that without Barbie, there there's not much to him at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And then when he goes to the real world and he sees all these men with uh, you know with jobs and position and power, mm-hmm. it kind of you know blows his mind. And then. But he's also a bit of a weakling as well because Barbie gets kidnapped by Mattel and he's just like, should I do something? Nah, <laughs> I'm just going to go back to Barbie land and tell everyone about the patriarchy. <laughs> and then he does what he does. Um, so he goes to, to uh, the real world and he becomes like, he becomes a worse person in inverted commas because mm. he's a doll for it. Um <laughs> I love. I loved when they got to the real world and they they, they see a construction site and Barbie's like, "I need some real you know, affirmative girl power right now. Let's go to the construction site and go there." And it's just a bunch of like real construction dudes. And one of the things I do actually like in the real world now, mm-hmm. um, I, I haven't been to a lot of building sites where I've seen this, but I have seen it with a lot of roadworks. Mm-hmm. Is there's more of a mix of men and women actually doing right. roadworks and stuff like that now? I mean, there are women that work in construction, yeah, yeah. but it is um, a tough industry for them to get into because mm. obviously um, it's been male dominated mm. for some time. But you're right; there is there is more of a gender mix. I mean, yeah. it's not fifty fifty, no. but there is more of a gender mix. So in in Barbie Land, the women are the construction workers. In yeah. the real world, as men, mm. and the men were like, uh, you know, doing their oh yeah, sexy comment, this that, the other thing. And then Barbie's like, dude, we don't even have genitalia. It's just like a smooth male down there. And it was like, oh, this is good. This is good. And it's funny because the only other movie that I can remember that being in was Dogma where um That's where right. uh Bethany says to the Metatron, please don't rape me. <laughs> you can take whatever you want, but please don't rape me. And he's just like, even if I wanted to, I couldn't because I'm as anatomically incorrect as a Ken dog yeah. <laughs> and pulls his pants down. There's nothing there nothing but smooth. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just like, it was like, I, I liked that they pointed out that they didn't become human when they crossed over into yeah. the real world, that they were still massive Barbie dolls. Yeah. <laughs> and they, and then they uh, got, you know, they, they're obviously 
the a lot of comedy comes from the fish out of water the not understanding how how mm. things work and they get arrested twice and get their bug shots taken and then they get they go and get new outfits and the outfits are like you know cowboy barbie again yeah um it was just all all that kind of stuff was really good but they didn't they didn't like uh lean on that they didn't mm-hmm. rely on that that was like 20 minutes of the film and then it's kind of like Ken goes back to Barbie world and then Barbie's like well I've got to go go back to Barbie world and then for some reason there's a, there's a scene where they go and see the Mattel executives and the whole board is just dudes I think all white dudes I'm not sure I would say men I wouldn't call them dudes oh, all, 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 I think the actors are probably dudes yeah all, all men and the, the lead man there was Will Farrell. Uh-huh. and that was great there was the, the scene was, was it, you know I saw what they were getting at it was funny it was good why they then had to have them go to Barbie World, uh, I don't know. There, there is one scene at the end with um, Gloria played by America. Is America Ferrara? Is that how you pronounce the last name? Uh, yeah, I um, think so. The, this is this is why Rachel should be here. Today. America Ferrara. Yeah. Uh, so Ferrara, American America Ferrara. Ferrara. Now because there's so few people. Like if you look at the cast, it's like uh, the characters: Barbie, 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 at the end of the film, she comes up with some ideas for some Barbies, or like you know, depressed Barbie and uh, you know, existentially something or other Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're the executives are there, and like Will Ferrell's like, "That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard." And the guys in the background, "Yeah, this will work. We'll make money." <laughs> um, that was the only reason they went to Barbie World. Um, but there, there was a lot of scenes of them getting there, and then stuff happening when they're there, and it's kind of like these scenes didn't need to be there. Yeah, they were kind of uh, left out. Yeah. I think that you did need to have the executive like i think that that was an important um an important body to have there and have represented especially when you wanted to have ken to have that transition into Mm. into the patriarchy patriarchy. but i think that the the there was only one scene that did my head in and that was at the very end where Ruth and Barbie were having their final interaction and they were kind of in that weird kind of floaty land where everything's like really yeah. glowy and stuff like that. Oh, Ruth, the, the creator of Barbie, played by Rhea Perlman? Oh, isn't Rhea Perlman <laughs> just a darling? Like you just want her to be a nana. She's sweet. Yeah. Speaking of nanas, I don't know whether she is a nana or not. But the uh, the lady uh, on the bus um, seat, the uh, older lady mm. that uh, that Margaret Robbie's Barbie looked at and said, "You're beautiful." Yeah. And she goes, "I know." That's the daughter of Ruth, the creator of Barbie. Oh, oh no way! Yeah. I didn't know that. That's oh, that's beautiful. That was quite a um, who who um, Barbie was based. I think her name was Barbara. That's oh. right, Barbara. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's um, that's beautiful. That's that is really nice. And I think because yeah, I think when Barbie um, Barbie hits the real world, she starts to feel those emotions that she's mm. ever felt before. And oh, the crying and the stuff. The crying yeah. and stuff, yeah. which is interesting. But yeah, so. I don't think we needed another Buffy kind of um, flashback scene of all these women doing wonderful things when she had that final scene with Ruth. Mm-hmm. I think that when she said, "Look, there's something that you need to know. I need to be really upfront. If you're going to go and become." a human this is what it's like to be human yeah. but i don't think we needed that again we didn't need another flash through scene of like all these montages of women being emotional or whatever the freck it was i can't mm. i can't actually remember what it was because i remember just seeing that just going 
uh, that like they could have cut this bit down a little mm-hmm. bit. I don't think we needed it at all. But like if that was my major annoyance <laughs> in the movie and it wasn't a major annoyance, it was a minor annoyance, like, oh, like it was something quite wonderful. Yeah. Okay, so there was Anne Roth who was the woman on the bench. Wow. So it wasn't Barbara. Her no, name no, was Anne Roth. No, no, Barbara was the daughter. Yeah, so she was the, what, the daughter of the daughter. Yes. Okay. Oh, I see. I think, okay. I think that's right. I'll, I'll, like I'll check. I'll check. Uh, but, I mean, the film in any way has gone through so many different iterations. I mean, being first announced back in 2009. Mm. So uh, the project, yeah, has just gone through different – I think it's been – or it went through three different production companies, you know, multiple directors, different actors – who were going to play Barbie before finally yeah, getting to like Amy Schumer yeah, was linked with it yep. um, uh, for and some Hathaway time. I think as well yes. uh, and then yeah different production companies were also involved so we finally get to the Greta Gerwig version and I think that yeah I think it's, it's I think Margot Robbie works particularly well mm. and I think having Helen Mirren do that oh the narration is it a narration that she does i'd say it's a narration yeah and i think that because when you play with barbies or you play with toys when you're kids you narrate what they're doing so i thought that it was kind of appropriate from that kind of point of view but also having helen mirren do it was like having oh my goodness who else narrates stuff out there morgan freeman oh yes it was (laughs) yeah the morgan freeman equivalent Kind of was. Uh, it was. It, but yeah. I thought it was really beautiful that moment where they turn around and um, she's doing a narration about like you know something about like you know beautiful women mm-hmm. and you know how difficult it is to make this point when you've cast Margot Robbie in the role of yeah. Barbie. I was just like, it kind of it. It wasn't really a fourth wall break. It was just a pure acknowledgement that. Barbie and the Barbie that Margot Robbie is representing has been hugely problematic oh, over the course. years. Yeah. And, you know, body image is such a mm-hmm. big issue and it will be a big issue for, for you know, I don't know when uh, or how that will ever be. I think the end of time, to be honest. Yeah, and I, think, I hate to say that, but I think well, no, it will. Because people always want what they don't have. have so the yeah. classic in my family is that my dad had two sisters um, one had dark curly hair, one had straight blonde hair. Um, the dark curly haired one spent all her time trying to straighten hers and make it lighter and vice versa yes, for the straight haired blonde sister. And I think that that is really like we're kind of like as humans, people that want what someone else has got. We always want more, don't we? Well, but I think it's a great call out. Yeah, yeah. nonetheless. Yeah. I'm glad I can make the uh, the retraction in the same episode where I made this the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, was, I was waiting for you to make it because I'm like going, I'm flicking through. I'm just like going, there's no reference to I, this. I swear, I swear I read that, that was who it was and I apologise. Uh, who it, who you wrote when you said who it was was... Um, Anne Roth. Anne Roth. And she's a costume designer. Yes. yes. She's an Academy Award winning costume designer. Yes. Who's ah. 90, 91 years old and is also a friend of Margot Robbie's. Oh, cute. And so... Uh, and such a beautiful moment. And the... Uh, yeah, because it was like she was looking at her 
and seeing like imperfections. That's an interesting thing because she saw her and saw like you know age and imperfection and stuff like that, mm. and then she went back to Barbie World, but because like Barbie World had been uh, turned into the dude bro world by that point, mm. and then she saw imperfection in herself and like had a freaking breakdown. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Yeah. But that, I mean, also that understanding that she would never get the opportunity to grow old mm. is that, um, what was Kirsten Dunst's character in uh, Interview with the Claude- Vampire? Claudette? Claudine? Cla- Claudia? Claudia. Claudia. And, um, you know, she she was tormented mm. by the fact that she would always be the perfect little girl. Mm. That she would never change. She would never get to grow from that. And I think that's one of the things that, as humans, there's a huge fight against it, you know, plastic surgery, Botox, blah, 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 blah. But that is one of the wonderful things is that we constantly change and evolve and it, whether it's by choice or by yeah. <laughs> or not by choice. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to get grey. We're mm-hmm. going to, like, you know, get wrinkles. And it's because we get to live this life. And I think that unless you get to do those things, you don't live life to the full. Mm. Um, can I briefly talk about Matchbox 20? <laughs> Please. Because I think that this was one of the big revelations in this movie. I had that single of of Matchbox 20. I also used to have – remember I used to have that CD player and – it used to click slightly. It yeah. was that top loading one, and it used to, used to press the button, and it would lower yeah. down slow, slowly. One of those. Um, and a cat, no, old cat, had stood on it, and he stood. He knew that if he stood on top of my CD player, I would wake up and get out of bed and feed him or Got whatever you. had to happen. And so he would stand on it, but he'd also stand on the lifting button. And because it was an electronic mechanism, you press the button once and the thing would go up. But if you stood on the lid and stood on the button, it would go click, 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 click. And so you'd have to get out there and go, Yeah. Stop it. You're ruining it. And so it was a bit buggered. But this actually had a really good mechanism in it. Uh, sorry, a good facility in it in that you could set a wake-up alarm and you could choose to wake up to the radio or to a CD. Oh. And this was my – this CD would just live in this thing. And so I used to wake up to that song. And I had no problems with that song. And I'm usually really, really good at identifying, like, themes and stuff. And I just really like the music mm-hmm. in that Matchbox 20 track. And then when you play it in Barbie land, in those circumstances, you're like, going, oh, wow. That song is so wrong. What were they thinking? Wow, 90s. (laughs) Wow, I know. When you think about the lyrics to a lot of songs, I think, in the 90s, it's a bit problematic, isn't it? Yep. So um, thanks for pointing that one out to me because I hadn't thought about that song for a long time. And wow, with its problematics. (laughs) I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm not the only person who thought that uh, the the woman of bench was Barbara Handler, the, the daughter of Ruth. So it's so, come from somewhere. Yeah, so it it's has. Come yeah. from somewhere. It's it's, a, yeah. it's one of those, those things. It's a, a Mandela effect <laughs> that's happened very quickly. <laughs> Got to be careful of those Mandela effects. <laughs> that's um. That's kind of cool. I do. Uh, I do uh, like 
the uh, when Barbie like in Barbie Land, they actually believe that because all the Barbies have different jobs, like you know, president mm-hmm. and doctor and you know, construction, well, you can be anything mm-hmm. you want to be. That they've had a really positive impact on the girls in the real world, and that you know they all believe that when they go to the real world, everyone's just going to be cheering them on because they're just such legends. Mm-hmm. And they get there, and the girls who've kind of grown out of Barbie are kind of like going, "Yeah, no, you're a bit shit." And uh, and you you do uh, and you offer misled a, us. <laughs> yeah, you do yeah. offer a, a pretty piss poor like you know stereotype of what woman is. Um, so I thought it was it's kind of interesting because they're they're not praising Barbie in this film. They're they're showing a, like both sides of the coin. How flawed it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things I want to touch on. Um, one is that um, sorry, you took me offline sorry. there for a second with that but the the casting was kind of wonderful i think particularly because they didn't have a huge part in it the kens were particularly well cast um and i think that there was a lot of fun had with that when they did their little dance number oh their dance number and then also the big fight action sequence that they have where they're just fighting but it's all like what are they using they're just using not weapons, but just things that Ken would have as a Ken doll. So accessories, accessories that Ken's <laughs> that had, perhaps. Word? I'm not sure, yeah. but they were like beach things. Yeah, because Ryan Gosling's character, of course, is your beach Ken. So that mm. you know, he's beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just oh my beach. That the was beach. Ken. That was something that someone brought up at work the other day. That apparently women are describing them, um, their partners. <gasps> Oh, um, he's a beach. Like, yeah, like no, 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 no. Their partners like their work in a simple word, like you know, Ken does beach. Yeah, and so like I don't know what Lewis does, like decking, <laughs> uh, uh, sales, sales or manager. Um, I don't sales, know. Yeah, sales, yeah. Sales, yeah. So sell. it's just like I kind I of, I kind of like that concept. That's kind of cool. Yeah, he's beach. Fun. But the, the casting in general was, like, really, really fun because, like, Lewis has already mentioned that Rhea Perlman was mm-hmm. in there. We've already mentioned that um, we had Dame Helen Mirren, I believe she's yes. a dame. Yeah. Um, we had her doing the narration, of course, Margot Robbie in the main Barbie role. Stereotypical Barbie. Stereotypical Barbie role. doll. Um, Ryan Gosling, I thought, was just perfect had a lot of fun with like someone that could have fun Mm. and take the piss out of themselves as as the titular couple of you know ken and barbie i I think really enjoyed uh, sorry ken wasn't in the title was he no it's just barbie yeah that's true um but i thought that everyone was just really really neat there were some faces i went oh i know that face from somewhere and it took me a while particularly um Oh, with both the, the minor Kens and Barbie, shall we call them. Uh, so having Emma Mackey in there as a Barbie was kind of cool. Um, there was um, Ritu Aya, which um, I know that you absolutely loved. Um, oh, what was that movie called? High Society? No, Polite Society. Polite Society, yeah. Um, but she was also in the Umbrella Academy mm-hmm. as well. So just seeing like some people that you're just like, oh, yes, and like a really fun cast. Like you know that they must have had an absolute ball. Um, and then seeing like Simo um, Lou and who else was in there? Oh, um, uh, Nakuti 
Gatwa from yeah. who's going to be the new Doctor Who. He was in there as a Ken. Kingsley Ben Adair, who was in Secret Wars in uh, Marvel Secret Wars. Yes, and John so, Cena. Secret invasion, Secret <laughs> Invasion. Sorry, John Cena and Dua Lipa is like the ultimate mermaid couple. That was really fun. <laughs> that to was see. Cool. yeah. Because yeah. of course you've got Mermaid Barbie. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I think know. I had one at one stage. Dad gave me one as a joke. Oh. At one stage, yeah. like, in, in recent years. Oh. So remember how I did that mermaid thing, mermaid school, when I went oh. over to Disney? I yeah. thought you meant you had one when you were a kid. No. Well, in, interesting enough, uh, Margot Robbie was talking about how, like, uh, women, you know, there's a perception that women don't like action kind of stuff. Mm. And she's like, no, hell no, I'm a big wrestling fan. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I love John Cena and I got to work with John Cena in this movie. So it was yeah. really cool. That's awesome. I'm yeah, hoping that's cool. true and not just say I'm made up as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Margot Robbie, if you want to correct him, you can reach no, out to us. No, I think I've actually read that before, Lewis. So I think, oh, I, that's yeah, cool. I think I can confirm that as well. But that's the thing, this whole conception that like, you know, women who like wrestling is a rarity like mm. we went to the wrestling there we were did. as many women there as there were men yeah and i think that that's kind of wonderful and young girls as well as like you know parents and aunties and people that like you and i that were just there because we're just nerds for this stuff i, don't, I remember i remember, remember now the uh, she was talking about like being a fan of of john cena and uh, margot robbie was margot robbie okay. was and like watching them when she was growing up and going, oh my God, that's amazing. It'd be cool if I could do that. Mm. And saying that now you've got people like Bianca Belair mm. and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Charlotte Flair and Bailey and all the, the female wrestlers who mm. are doing what the men do, arguably better than they do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a girl growing up now, like looking at those people going, I can do that. That's yeah. that's like a, an option for me if I want to give it a crack. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very exciting. I think sports. they've kind of explored that a little bit in Heels. I'm really looking mm. forward to the new season of I that. I need to actually watch Heels, but I, I will. I <laughs> will watch it. I, I started watching the first episode and I'm like, I need to continue watching this. So I will watch yes, it. But you yeah, no, you I need to get right into that. It's so good. Um, do we want to get into the Enheimer <laughs> bit of the Barbenheimer? Well, I, I was thinking that we were going to do Oppenheimer like in, in one episode. I, what, I how, how many minutes are we in? To be honest, like we're 52 minutes in. I don't like, I don't think we're going to have as much to say about Oppenheimer as we did I about I don't know, Barbie. you think that. But Barbie, then, not then we, Barbie. <laughs> then we'll get into it. Then you'll be Barbie like, rubble. oh, got lots of stuff to talk about. It's a hard call, isn't it? Because we could try and summarise it. But there might be, I don't know. Let's, let's, you guys? let's, let's make it its own episode. Own let's episode? Yeah. Okay. Are we doing this? We're sure. doing it. Yeah. We're in for the long haul? Are you well, in for the long haul? Uh, I'm gla- ready to our, do it. Our glasses are empty and there's not much wine left. Let's do it. Okay, let's do this. All right. So um, thanks for listening to this episode of Tangent City. If you do want to reach out to us, you can hit us up on the Facebooks. Um, we have a Tangent City page, which you can like and follow. Please subscribe to the podcast so you can keep in contact with future episodes because while we do try our best to be fairly regular with this particular show um it doesn't always happen because uh adulting and um trying to pay the bills (laughs) and stuff so um yeah so do that oh and uh, if you're um uh, also like follow us on uh, dis down under a show that cat and i do together and unscripted the film show which is a show that celia and i do with our co-host rachel um and if you're uh you know someone who likes to collect physical media uh like dvds blu-rays 4ks uh and you like you know disney stuff so like all the marvel 
movies, all the Star Wars movies, basically everything. Um, uh, then we have got a petition on uh, the uh, our Facebook page on Disney and, and on us with the film show. We'll probably put it onto. We'll the, put it onto the Tangent City page as um, well. If you could go and sign that and share that with people and get it out there, because uh, Disney is going to be discontinuing the release of any physical media in the Australian market. Uh, with the last uh, thing being Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. So if you could uh, get on there and help us to, to bump up those numbers mm. and make Disney realise that, hey, Australians actually do like to have physical media and we don't want everything on stream because the quality is not as good. Uh, and sometimes you take things off and if we don't have it in our collection, then we can't watch it. And, oh, by the way, when we buy a DVD or we buy a Blu-ray or we buy a 4K, then a little bit of residuals go to the actors and the writers and other people involved in the filmmaking process as well. And we like that fact that mm. people who... Uh, putting in the effort and the work, actually get paid for it. So uh, if uh, you could start petition, that would be fantastic. Yep. Uh, the others, oh, I could, I could talk about that for ages. <laughs> but one of the other things is that you do actually get the uh, material as it was intended for release. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no changes to soundtrack or scenes because I know, for instance, with Friends, they've cut some massive scenes out of that particular series when it's gone to streaming um, for no apparent reason. It's very strange. And I know that there's other shows where they've changed um, songs yeah. and stuff like that, particularly the soundtrack has changed and, and it's a bit weird. Um, and, and we not as weird as the changes that our friend George Lucas has made to things like Star Wars. Exactly. But, you know. So the only way to, to preserve or, you know, them... changing phone, uh, mobile, sorry, guns into mobile phones in one E.T. movie. Very true. Yes, these, these things happen and are odd choices, but they do happen. So, so physical media, it's, a, it's an archive. It is an archive. It is. All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.